How great, how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Lord Jesus, we open our hearts as we prepare to receive your word. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Andrews is going to pray for Annette here. Come on up. Dear Lord, please help Mrs. Olson have a very good testimony and sermon for all of us. And please help uh, her strengthen all of us in the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And this morning... It's my joy and privilege to introduce you to our speaker for the day. Would you join me in welcoming Annette Olson? Um, I am really honored to be asked to speak today, and uh, it being Mother's Day and also a big house day is really right in my wheelhouse. Um, I love talking about my kids, and as I was praying and asking God, um, what did he want me to share today, uh, especially with all... Um, of our kids in the midst with us today, um, he really told me, well, you're going to talk about kids. You're going to talk about my kids. And I was like, okay. And um, I'm really excited about the sermon. I'm really excited that the kids are in the sermon, I mean, in the service, because you actually are going to help me preach this sermon, okay? Is that all right, guys, kids? Yes? It's not really scary. Don't worry. I I'll prompt you all the way along, okay? But you're going to help me out, all right? But you have to pay attention, okay? And I'm going to ask some questions that I'm sure the parents don't know anything about from the Bible that you're going to be able to fill them in, okay? And fill us all in? Okay. Well, when we're talking about kids, um, before I get started, I, I recognize that Mother's Day, for some of us, some of us might say, well, I'm not a mother. I don't have any kids, so why do I have to pay attention to what you're going to say? And I would tell you a couple of things. First of all, um, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But you might say you're not a parent. You also might say, well, my kids are all grown up, so I'm all done with that kid thing. It doesn't really matter. Or you might say, um, I'm, not, I'm not into kids, never have been into kids, I'm not into kids' ministry, so I'm going to tune out for that reason either. And I'm going to tell you, don't do that. Um, <laughs> another thing is you might say, well, I am a kid, which really is every single person in this room. We are all kids. And, and so that's especially why you should be paying attention to what we're going to talk about today. Because God has a message for us about being his kids. Um, so I wanted to start out with a scripture that's very familiar to a lot of us. You hear it a lot when we are dedicating children here at the church. And it's in your bulletin if you don't have a Bible. And today I am using the New Living Translation. That's the one that I've been using for a while. So if it sounds just slightly different, that's why. But from Mark chapter 10, I think I have it labeled in here. It's a very familiar scripture. One day, starting in verse 13, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering Jesus and bothering him. And when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. 
For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. Wow. What a beautiful picture of our, of our heavenly father, of our um, king, stretching out his arms and just saying, come on, come on, join me, join me. Um, let me touch you. And when Jesus was doing that, he was demonstrating, he was commanding his disciples in the area of what to do with kids. And you and I, every time we hear that at the beginning of a dedication for one of the children, then we hear the parents stand up here and pledge all sorts of things that they are going to um, try to do, um, faithfully try to do as far as raising their children to know and love Jesus. But then Pastor turns around to all of us, and he says these words, and this is the thing, covenant that we make. He asks us, will you, members of this congregation, be faithful to your calling as members of the body of Christ to support and encourage this family so that this child and all children in our midst may grow up in the knowledge and the love of God? That's our part that we play, that all children in our midst will grow up knowing they are loved and grow in their knowledge of God. Now, I could give you an example of a, an amazing lady who was a part of my life for 17 years. She was never, never got to raise a biological child, but she got to help raise me when I was already almost 40 years old. She came into my life, and she came into my family's life, and she became the mom that I didn't have present with me, and she came into my house every week and hung out, and we cooked together, and we baked together, and we played games together, and every week on Wednesdays, we did the New York Times crossword puzzle together, her and I. And, um, and also, she loved on my kids, and she, she became their grandma, and um, even though, because grandparents didn't live close by either, and just was a super, super blessing to me. And many of you may have known her. She's gone on to be with Jesus now, um, and she also loved on my dogs, I mean, she was just this amazing lady. But she wasn't a mom, but she was a mom, okay? And so I want to encourage some of you moms, some of you women who say I'm not a mom, or some of you dads or men who think you're not a dad. You are. You are, okay? To, and her name was Borgie. Okay, so, but going on, we're not talking about that. Uh, we're not really going to talk about adults right now. We're going to talk about kids, okay? So the first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about what are kids like? Hmm. And I'm going to take three Bible stories that kids are going to help me tell about that are going to be familiar to you, but I want us to listen to them just a little differently. So the and, and I brought props, because of course teachers always bring props. Okay, so the first one, thing that I have here is what, kids? What is this? NM. Okay, very good. This is the letter M, and it's going to remind us about the first characteristic of kids. It's a great characteristic, and that is that kids are messy. They're messy. From the time they're little tiny and they make messes um, all the way up to big, they're messy. 
And the main thing that they're messy is because they, they, they don't really understand schedules. And they disrupt our schedules all the time. And um, yeah, and one of the areas that they really disrupt our routines in, especially when they're younger, but sometimes as they're growing too, is in the area of sleep. Okay, kids mess with your sleep. And this Bible story that we're going to talk about, now kids, you're going to help us out here. This is a story about a, a kid who when he was very young, his mom brought him to live in the temple and to be trained to be this godly man. Think about this, kids. Think about who I might be talking about, okay? And he came to, to spend his time, and, and he was brought before a man whose name was Eli. And Eli was already an older man. He'd already raised his kids and turned out so well. But he'd already raised his kids. And now he's got this little guy who's come to live with him in the temple. And sure enough, one night, when this old guy is sleeping, and again, he's old, so he needs sleep, right? And he's, old, and he's worried, because he's worried about his sons who have not turned out very well. And, and this other, this little boy, is there sleeping too. Can any kid raise their hand and tell me who that boy is? He's asleep. Okay, who is he? Say it really loud. Yes, it's Samuel. So if you want to follow this story with us, you could look in 1 Samuel 17. But this is the story of Samuel. So wait, let me make sure. No, no, not 17. Third, three, 1 Samuel 3. This is the story. So Samuel is about 12 years old. About the age of, how many of you are about 12 or a little close to 12 years old? Anybody? Yeah, okay, we've got some that are about 12 years old. Okay, so he's sleeping in the temple. He's sound asleep, and all of a sudden, he hears, what does he hear? What does he hear? He's asleep, and he hears, what does he hear? What does he hear? Well, he hears God, and what does God say? Really loud, he says his name. So, kids, one, two, three, say it, say it. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, that's wimpy. Say it a lot louder. One, one two, three. There you go. He says, Samuel. And so Samuel, boom, wakes up. He goes running into, and he thinks, Eli's called him. So he goes running in there, and he asks him, what do you want? What do you want? And Eli's like, what does Eli say? I didn't call you, right? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed. In a little while, he hears that same thing again. So ready? One, two, three. Samuel. Oh, that was a little bit louder. One, two, three. Samuel. There you go, Samuel. So again, he wakes up, runs over, and Eli's probably just started to fall asleep, uh, which is because it takes a while once you've been woken up by a kid, right? So he goes back, and he, and so then he goes in, and he's like, I didn't call you. I, you know, and so he tells him, go back to bed. So Samuel falls asleep again, he falls back to sleep, and then what happens? One, two, three. Yes, he hears the Samuel again. So he goes running into Eli, and Eli's, okay. Now, Eli's an old guy, and he lives in a time when, in Israel, when God had not been speaking to people, had not been speaking with an audible voice, had not, it, it had been pretty quiet. There really weren't many prophets. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot going on. And so finally, it says that, that in, um, 
in this story, it says that Samuel, then he realized, um, he realized that it was the Lord, okay? He recognized that this must have been the voice of God. But Samuel, who's only 12 years old, hasn't learned yet how to recognize the voice of God, okay? He needs to be trained. That's why his mom brought him to the temple, to be trained. But he, he doesn't know the voice of God yet. But Eli finally realizes. So he tells Samuel, go back to bed. You go down and lie down. But the next time when you hear this voice, you say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So sure enough, he goes to bed. One, two, three. And what does Samuel say? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And God begins to speak to him, to this 12-year-old boy, and tells him some pretty um, hard stuff that's going to be happening for Eli and his sons and, and what's going on. But you see, Samuel, Samuel's been hearing something. He's been, he's beginning to grow. He, he's, he is, God is speaking to him, and he is telling him things that go beyond what his trainer, his teacher, is experienced, okay? So he's going on beyond what his teacher has, what his teacher has learned, or what his teacher knows, you know? <sighs> and so, getting ahead of my notes. See, I don't even need these. I guess I don't even need these. But anyway, all right. So Samuel's getting to know God in a new and more personal way than he's ever known him before. Now, there are kids in our midst right now who, are, who God is calling, who God is speaking to, who God is calling them and helping them to experience things that some of us who've been at it for a while have never experienced. Are we open to that? Are we open to them going further than us? Are we? Are we? I hope so. So think about that. What, what child in our midst might be like Samuel? Okay, so that's our first story. And that's our first letter. So our first letter stood for, M is for what? Messy. Okay, we're messy. Okay, our second letter. What letter is this? I. Okay, this is the second thing that kids are. Kids are infectious. Or another word could be contagious. <laughs> um, and a true story right now, um, we were out in Chicago for a convention, and Fiona's coughing, 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 coughing. And sure enough, I start coughing, 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 coughing. And then the next, you know, I come home, and now another person is whatever. And now both of the girls have proved. Someone who just texted me this morning. So anyway, but you know, kids, when you're around kids, they do spread stuff, OK? But not everything they spread is unhealthy stuff. They spread a lot of really good stuff. God made them that way. To spread really good stuff. And I'm gonna we're gonna talk about a story that all of us know. It's in all four of the gospels, but a lot of times we leave out the fact that it all started with a kid who was willing to share. You know, we always tell kids, gotta share, gotta share. This kid was willing to share. And and so if you look in John 6, this is the story. Okay, and it's kind of interesting that um, 
And let me see if the kids can guess and tell us what story this is. This is a story about Jesus had just gotten done teaching, and there was multitudes, huge groups of people who were all there. And guess what? They all got hungry. Hmm. And that just, yeah? Do you think you know what story that is, Daniel? They all got really hungry. Oh, do you know? What story is that? This boy comes, and he shares something that he has. Do you know what he has? Yes, the loaves and the fishes. Now, that story is this amazing story, and I want us to pay attention to it from John 6. It says, um, well, at the beginning it talks about Jesus has just crossed over the sea, and all these people are there, and he's been teaching and preaching, and now they're all hungry. And so Jesus turns to Philip and he says, uh, where can we buy food? This is verse 5, to feed all these people. He was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going to do. Okay? He already knew what he was going to do. So Philip replied, well, even if we work for months and months and months, we never have enough money to feed them. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five loaves, right? And how many fish, kids? How many fish did he have? How many? No, he had five loaves and how many? Two. That's right. He only had two fish. Five loaves and two fishes. Now, he could have just said, well, this is mine. I'm hungry, and I'll eat it. But no, he wanted to share. And so he brought it to Jesus. But, you know, but listen to this response, that the rest of that sentence. There's a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Ouch. You know, and how many times maybe have I or you or us as a group thought about something that a little kid wants to offer or to share and said, eh, you know, but I just really can't. Or how many times have you thought about that with others among you? Oh, but it's just this little thing. So Jesus tells him to everyone to sit down, and then you know the rest of the story. It all gets spread out. He distributes it, and then there's like bucket loads and bucket loads and bucket loads of food left over. So what started out as, ah, uh, what can we do with this with such huge crowd, ends up more than enough for the crowd, more than enough. Okay? So... Um, but you see, the thing is that I love back up there when, it, when Jesus tells Philip, go and feed these people. Jesus already knew what he was going to do, and he was going to use a kid to make this miracle happen. He was going to use a kid. Okay? So think about it. He was going to use a kid. And then what's so amazing is that kids who are so infectious and love to spread stuff, if you go further down in that story, it says in verse, oh my goodness, my bifocals. Okay, 14. <laughs> and when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he's the prophet that we've been expecting. And when Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. So the word got out. The word went forth about who God was. The, the gospel was being spread, and it started with, how many fish? Two fish. And how many loaves of bread? Five loaves. And how many kids? One kid. That's amazing. Okay, 
Okay, so here we go. So just a quick review. What am I saying so far? M is for what? Kids are messy. I. And kids are infectious. They spread stuff. Okay. What letter is this? N. This, well, knife is, that's a good word, but nope, that's not what we're going for. But it does also start with an N. This is kids have no fear. Okay? And um, most of your dads, the dads in the room, will test this out because <laughs> how many of you know the dads are up there, take the little kid, throw them up in the air. Now, this kid has no fear because they totally trust that dad's going to catch them, and they usually do. Or as, <laughs> or, or as my husband does sometimes, um, oh, sure, you can go out on those rocks way out there in Superior. Yeah, you can go out in the water. You go for it. And mom, it goes with that. But anyway, but kids have no fear. And the thing, the, the real word that goes with no fear is that they're trusting. They're trusting. They're trusting that their moms and dads will, will be who their moms and dads are, that their moms and dads love them and care for them. And they also trust God, that God's the same way. So if you flip over in 1 Samuel to 1 Samuel 17, there's this wonderful story about another kid who has no fear. You see, um, uh, this story takes place that after a relative period of peace in the Israelites' life, all of a sudden they get into trouble with the Philistines again. And they go to war. And the Israelites bring out their soldiers. And the Philistines bring out their soldiers. But there's a a method of fighting, which actually sort of makes sense, um, that was, that was take, they borrowed the Philistines and the Israelites were very familiar with too, that comes from the Greek tradition, is that instead of having all these guys get out there and all these guys from the other side get together and fight, they have one guy from each side or sometimes a, a group of 12 from one side and a group of 12 from the other, and they just do this little mini battle, and whoever wins, wins, and it decides the whole thing. Okay, so in this case, the Philistines decide, <laughs> we've got this because we have the perfect soldier. Now, kids, help me out. They have this guy, yeah? Who is, who is it? Who do they got? Who is it? Well, but who do the Philistines have? That's the other guy. Goliath, good job. They've got Goliath, and Goliath is nine feet tall. Okay, it's bigger than most superheroes. Nine feet tall. His armor weighs 125 pounds, um, which is more than the kid in this story weighs. Okay, so he's, he's this huge mammoth guy. And for 40 days, he's been going out to the Israelite army and, and just basically taunting them or, come on, out, you know, come fight me, you wimps, basically, is what he's saying. And, I, you know, and he's been insulting the Israelites' God and telling them, ah, you know, I'm greater, we're greater, and all this sort of stuff. So then along comes, along comes this kid. Who was the kid? Yeah, what was his name? David. Along comes David. Now, David's a shepherd boy. You all kind of know the story. So David's the shepherd boy. 
he is, um, he's been working for his dad. His brothers have gone off to the army and are, are over there, you know, standing, quaking in their, in their boots, just like all the other guys in the army. And David's dad sends him out to check and see how they're doing. So he didn't come there um, to be, he, he might have come because he was kind of curious about what was going on and all that good stuff, like most kids his age would be. But he wasn't there, um, his purpose in being there was not to show off, okay? His heart was really in the right place. And as he listens and hears what's going on and starts asking questions, he gets angry, okay? He has a beef um, with what's going on there. And if you look in chapter 17, starting in verse 26, Verse 26, he says, this is the soldier standing by. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway who is, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And so they go on and tell him what they can, you know, what that person will get, um, you know, because, of course, everyone's scared, and so the king is up in the ante of what you'll get if you, if you be the soldier, including his own daughter. You get to get his own daughter and up to half the kingdom and all this good stuff. And David isn't really asking this because he wants to get this huge reward. He's, I think in his mind he's thinking, why hasn't somebody stepped up to the plate here? Um, because this guy, his real beef with him is he is making fun of our God. He is, he is making our God look like a fool, and he doesn't like that. Who is he to defy the living God, you know? And he has this anger, this, this um, uh, he's, he's upset with this, and he's saying, why, why, why isn't somebody stepping up to do something about this? And, and so then his wise older brothers, do you think they're happy that he's there? Do you think he's happy about him? No, no. They, you know, and, and I often wonder, why, why were they so upset with David? And maybe it's because David is, doesn't have any fear here. He trusts God. He really understands who God is. And, and, and they don't. They don't get it. They're afraid, and he's not. And that bugs them because they're part of the army, and they're not stepping up. So that they probably, there's probably maybe even a little jealousy in there, um, but probably they're feeling guilty that they're not doing this, and yet he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And so you know how the rest of the story goes. David, um, he comes and he goes to the king and he tells him, yep, I, I want to do this. And the king, of course, in his wisdom, wants to give him all this armor and stuff to do it and make him, you know, in all the things that, this, that the man thinks are the ways that this battle will be won. But David, David uses what God has given him, the tools that God has given him, and he says, with a lot of wisdom for a kid his age, God's going to give us this battle. It's going to be God who's going to do this. Okay? So... Hmm. So, so where am I going with this, huh? So, if I start out again, let's just review really fast. I'm running out of arms. I might have to borrow a kid. All right. So far, we've said that kids are 
messy, infectious, no fear, they trust. Okay. Hmm, anybody guess what the fourth letter is going to be? What do you think the fourth letter is going to be? Bingo, you got it, the letter E. Okay, so the last letter is the letter E. You see, and this stands for everyone because everyone in this room is a kid. Every one of us in this room is called to be messy, to be infectious, and to have no fear and to trust God. We are all called to be God's kids. Galatians 3.26 tells us that we all get to become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. God's desire is for all of us, every one of us, to be his kids. That's been his plan from the very beginning. When we were created, God was there. He knit us together in our mother's womb, and he had a wonderful plan for every single one of our lives. We were created with a need that only God could fulfill, and it only comes from him. The need came from him, and the way to be fulfilled came from him. We were created in God's image. Every single one of us in this room was created in God's image, and a part of our character is a longing to live in fellowship with him. That's always been part of his plan. That's always been the way that all of us, from the time we were way little till we were way old, we were created for that. Psalms 42.7 says, from deep within us, there's a call that God calls for us, deep calling to deep. And God is always there calling to us, calling for us. His arms are always open wide. He is always wooing us. He is always inviting us to come up in his lap so he can bless us. So what does that all mean for us? What does that, what does that mean? You know, you hear kids talk about, sometimes kids and adults as well, we talk about asking, you know, being born again is from the scripture, but we also talk about asking Jesus into our heart and, 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 and what is, what's really going on there? What, what does that mean for us as kids, as all of us, as kids, God's kids? It means that, that we have an understanding that that fellowship that God desires to have with us got broken when we chose to do things that were not righteous and holy, when we chose to live not as God had created us to live, that that fellowship was broken and that there's nothing that you or I can do to change that. There's nothing we can do to bring us back into fellowship with God. It's all what God does. It says because he loved us first, okay, that he sent his son to die for us, okay? He loved us first. And because God loves us and he is still looking for us and still desiring to want to have that fellowship with us, Jesus came and chose to live, to be born, to live, to die, and to rise again, to take the place for us so that we could come back into right relationship with God. So that that fellowship, that being his kid, that letting us come and be a part of him, that all was because of what Jesus did for us. So when we say inviting Jesus into our life, when we say we're, that, what we're saying is, I trust you, God, for what you've done, and I'm inviting you to come be the king of my life. 
Okay, so that's why we talk about our heart. I'm inviting you to come and sit on the throne. I'm going to get off, and I'm going to let you get on. And oftentimes we have to keep getting off and keep bringing him back on. And that's talking, and when we're talking about that, we're talking about working out our salvation. In other words, we ask him in and we believe him, but sometimes we forget. And we have to remember, nope, you're king, not me. And we invite him in to do that in our lives. But he's the one who invites us. He stands there with these open arms and invites us to come. You know, he tells us we will, we have to be messy because we're kids, which means we're going to do things out of order. We're going to do things um, that somebody else in our midst might think is odd or strange or why did you do it that way? Okay, but when God is leading, we need to encourage one another to be messy, to go for it, to go for the things that, that, that be willing to have the conversation in the middle of the night. If that's when God wakes you up, that's when you go and you listen and you say, I'm listening, Lord. And that's when your kids, who are our younger kids who are in our midst, when they start asking you questions, listen, be listening, be listening, and encouraging them to hear, um, to hear the voice of God for themselves. We, we need to be infectious. We need to be sharing the good stuff that God's doing in and our lives. We need to be sharing that with one another. And we need to be open um, to, um, to what all of us have to share with one another, okay? It's not going to look the same from one person to the next, but that's really okay because that's the beauty of the kingdom of God. Oh, how boring it would be, uh, you know, if we all did it exactly the same way. How boring that would be, you know? But because God is such a creative God and he's made us all in his image, it's going to look beautiful, but it's going to look a little different sometimes. And, and it, I, my encouragement is that you will spur, spur one another on to be infectious and to spread it around. The good stuff, not the coughs and colds, you know, but the good stuff, to spread that around. And then to not fear, to trust, to trust God, to trust the things that, you know, and, and when you are starting to fear, to be able to turn to one another and say, help me. Because disciples did that all the time. They asked Jesus to help them when they were fearing something. But we can ask each other. We can encourage each other. And, um, and don't be afraid, you know, to, to encourage one another that when they jump up, you're going to catch them. When they try something new, you're going to be there with them, that you're going to encourage and spur them on. You see, um, but I just want to remind you that when you look at this, we put all these words together. You guys all figured it out. What did it spell? You want to hold a couple of them? Thanks. Okay, it spelled what word? Mind. This is what Jesus says about each and every one of us, that we are his. And so when he call, you know, when he, um, thanks, Mark. So when he tells us back in his word, when he tells us, Um, to let the little children come to me, for such is the kingdom of God. That's each one of us. We need to help each other to come to Jesus. Okay, We need to help each other feel welcome to come to Jesus. We need to help each other to see that God's arms are really wide. They're really big. And there's a place for everybody, from the youngest to the oldest. And 
Um, I love how we as a church have, have begun to have these kids Sundays where the kids are, are being invited to, to come and usher us in, being invited to help us worship, to being invited to pray for us. But there's even more. There's so much more. And, and uh, there's, you know, there's, there's kids who are going to be hearing God speak words that he has for us as a whole church to hear. There's going to be kids in our midst here who are going to have ministry to heal, to touch and heal people. There are going to be kids who are going to go so much farther than we could ever imagine. And that was probably what was the hardest part for, for David's brothers, is because they couldn't imagine, what could this little shepherd boy do? And the disciples, what could we do with this little loaves and fishes? You know, what good is this? But God, we have to remember, God already knows. And he has put in our midst some mighty men and women of God. And we get to encourage them and spur them on to come and see what God has in store. And the thing is, he has so much more in store for all of us. You know, my friend who I shared with you at the beginning, who I didn't get to have come be a part of my life until she was 69 years old, okay? And she'd already lived a life as a farmer's wife and a really good one and a really good baker and a really sweet and honest lover of God. But she got to have a whole other family in the last part of her life who got, yes, Caleb, which is exactly right. I, amen. And, and I was blessed by her, and she was blessed. And you know what? The, what was called Kingdom Kids back there. She was 86 years old, and she still did Kingdom Kids. because, And she didn't just do it for the fact that they needed help. She did it because she loved kids, and she received from them, and they gave to her, and she gave to them the love of Jesus. So it doesn't matter our age or stage or what. God is here with his arms open very wide. So I'm going to ask us all to stand up. We're going to sing this song, Come See. And that's what I guess I'm really inviting us to do today, is to see, see that each one of us is God's kids, to see the potential that's here amongst us, to be excited. God, you have brought so many from so many places, so many cultures, so many ages and grades. Lord God, that's the beauty of your kingdom. We need all of it. We need all of it, Jesus, and we thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I would pray right now, if there's anyone here who isn't part of your, who hasn't become one of your kids, Lord, we want them to become that this very day, this very time, Lord God, because your arms are here. They're open wide to receive them now. And Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, God. And Lord, I would pray, get our eyes open. Get our eyes open. Help us to be those cheerleaders. Help us to to spur one another on, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. And now as we sing this song, I would invite you, kids of every age, to come on forward. So what I really would like to have happen is, I, first of all, I want all the, the kids, truly kids, 18, younger than 18 years old, to come on up here as we start to sing this song. And then once they're here and we've sang it through once, then we're going to pray. We're going to pray for all these powerhouses that are right here in our midst. So come on, Daggett. His arms are open.
Jesus, we thank you so much that your arms are open. Lord, we thank you that you're helping us to see right here in our midst, God. Oh, my gosh, Lord. You are so good. You are so good. You are so good. Lord, we invite you to make us messy. We invite you to make us infectious. We invite you to cause us to have no fear, to trust you. Lord, I pray for each of these young people right here, right now, God. Lord, there is so much gold inside of them that you have placed inside. So much that, Lord, we want to help that we want to help to bring forth, to bring you glory and honor, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for each life, Lord God, each life that's here, Father. Every single one is significant and important in your eyes. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you. All right, those of us that are here, we're going to make a declaration together, those of us in the audience that are over 18. So I'm going to invite you who are under 18, just open your hands right now, if you would. Just open your hands, please. Just open your hands. And those of us out here, let's extend our hands right now. We're going to pray a blessing. So you're going to re just repeat after me. We bless you, young people. We bless you to hear the voice of the Lord. We bless you to be infectious for Jesus. We bless you to go further than we have gone. We bless you to step out in faith. Knowing that you can trust Jesus. Go in the power of his name. Go with his favor over your lives. Go walk in his blessing. In Jesus' name. And now, kids, you're going to help me because we're going to bless the adults. So adults, open your hands. And kids, lift up your hands. Extend them out. Together, join with me and say, we bless you, adults. We pray that you will hear the voice of God. We pray that you will be infectious for Jesus. We pray that you will walk in faith. We pray that you will have no fear. We pray that you will step out in Jesus' name. And we remind you today that you too are children. And that we all are children of the living God. And now if you just all open your hands, and Noah and I are together going to stretch our hands out towards you, and I'm going to pray the benediction. And now I pray that you would be filled afresh this very day with the immeasurable love of God the Father, with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, with the inexhaustible strength,
comfort, power, and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of his favor over your lives until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home. I pray that his love and goodness and mercy will chase you down every day of your lives. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.